Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, it is such a massive privilege to see people in the room here at the city campus and then to see, I can't actually see you, but I know you're there in the Jubilee campus and you're all there. It's brilliant. And also at home, whether you're in your bedroom, your front room, your kitchen, maybe you're watching it in the garden. I don't know, but wherever you're watching it, massive privilege to be speaking. I don't know about you, but I have been getting into the Euros. I have been, wow. I have been getting into the Euros. In our house, I have got a massive wall planner of all the games and I've picked who's gonna win. And then underneath, my son has done the same. So our whole front door is just one massive wall planner. And yeah, I'm gonna confess. I'm gonna be honest with you. I am a fully grown man and I am doing Euro stickers. I am collecting stickers Please get in touch. I desperately need the following sticker. No, I'm joking. Imagine <laughs> just using the whole preach to say, number seven, number 11. If you've got Austria center forward, I could do with him. But no, I am. My son and me, Jordan and me are collecting stickers. We're both fully grown men. And it's been a bit awkward. I got in touch with another preacher recently and I said, is your seven-year-old son collecting stickers? He wrote back, yes. I'm like, good, let's do business. And he was like, he's seven. You're a fully grown man. What is happening here? I'm like, I need the Austrian center for, I know I really do need him. And uh, I have been getting into the Euros big style. Um, massive game the other week. If you're not into the Euros, let me, I'm sorry, I will, I will open the Bible in a minute. But, wow, Scotland versus England. I wore my kilt, yeah? I got my kilt on. I got Iron Brew, which is Scotland's drink of choice. Mm. And uh, I got that Iron Brew. I got my kilt on. I smothered my face in haggis. I was ready. It's better on your face than actually eating it, trust me. And I was ready. I was ready. Scotland were playing against England. And of course, a lot of you know that the final score was nil, nil. And a lot of English people were disappointed. I was celebrating that result like it was at Scotland had won the World Cup. I was like running around with my kill on, very excited. And then I got in touch with my American friend that I speak to a lot. And he said, oh, what was the result of the big match? And I said, nil, nil, it was awesome. And he's American, so he was like, no, in basketball we have 124, 116. That is the score in basketball. You're celebrating nil-nil. I'm like, yeah, no, we are. We are. Because Scotland could have lost 124. Listen, so I was pleased with nil. It was great. But no, I don't know if you're, maybe you're not really watching the Euros. That is completely cool. Um, but I'm getting into it, I must admit. Well, today, I want to preach about something that is going to be quite difficult for me to communicate. I want to talk about a moment where a man meets God and there's 
going to be all kinds of tricky bits for me to speak about. Whether you're watching us on a big screen just across the city or whether you're in the room here with me or even if you are in your house, I want you to know that I have called upon God that we would have a moment in the presence of God. That as we talk about quite difficult little moment where a man meets God, I want us that we would have a sense of the presence of God. A moment where the goodness of God captures our attention, captivates our minds, where God's presence catches us. You see, I want to speak for a few minutes from Exodus chapter 3. And Exodus chapter 3 is an incredible moment where a great man called Moses is doing his everyday life and suddenly God catches his attention. In Moses chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro to his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of this, um, out of this land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey the home of the Canaanites, Israelites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the city of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Wow. You see, God, he meets Moses in the burning bush. God wants Moses' attention. Oh, friend, this morning, I want to say to you, God wants your attention. 
He wants your undivided attention. God wants you to look fully in His face. God wants you to give Him that undivided attention, that focus. One of the things about this season that we've been in with church online and watch parties and maybe even here in the city site is that we've been able to do church and do a few other things at the same time. You know what I'm chatting about. We've been able to be on our phones Maybe you're looking at other bits and pieces while the sermon's going on. Maybe right now as I'm speaking, you're also checking out what's happening in the, the, the Euros or where you're also checking out other bits of news whilst you're hearing me speak. Maybe you're doing the ironing if you're at home. I don't think anyone in the city site's doing the ironing right now, but we've been used to a season where we've been able to give our attention to lots of different things at the same time. And you know, I honestly believe as I was preparing this talk that God wants our undivided attention. God wants your focus. Your focus and your attention are such precious things. Your attention, what you give your focus to is probably the most precious resource that you have. And God wants you to look at him. God wants you to look at him. God's asking that you would gaze at his glory and his beauty. God is asking for a moment that you would be captivated and caught by the presence and the goodness and the awe of God. I know that's a big ask. For some of us, we would actually find it easier to give God some of our money than we would give God our focus and our attention. Some of us, we find this challenging to give God some absolutely Total, 100% focus and attention just on God. But that is what God is looking for, that we would give him our greatest resource, that we would look at his glory. Wow. We catch a glimpse of the glory of God. We catch a glimpse of the glory of God. It humbles us. And it puts us in a rightful place. No doubt in your life, somebody's tried to put you in place, put you in your right place. Oh, I put them in their place. But this is about the beauty of seeing the glory of God and realizing where we fit in the awe of God. He is holy and He is glorious. And he is wondrous. And his beauty, it shines. And as we look on God, we forget about ourselves. We have this incredible moment where we actually have this thing called self-forgetting adoration, where we actually Focus on something that is bigger and greater than us. 
Oh, that we would be captivated by his beauty and his awe and his glory. Oh, that we would forget about everything that's going on in our life for a moment and be captured by the Shekinah glory of God. Oh God, we look at you and your beauty and your holiness and our eyes can see the glory of the Lord. Suddenly, all my situation and all my stuff is put in its rightful place and I'm caught in the glory of God. My heart is enamored with the stunning glory. My heart is enamored with the stunning glory. Wow. And the utter unchangeability of God. That God never changes. That God never changed before the pandemic. God didn't change during the pandemic. And God won't change after the pandemic. He is awesome, holy God. Ah, oh, that our eyes are caught by this wondrous God this morning. Whether you're in your front room or whether you're in, in one of the other campuses or whether you're right here in the city site, that we would be caught by the awe and the goodness and the glory of God. Oh, I want to give God my full attention. My soul ascends to self-forget and adoration. And as I see and begin to praise his majesty and his power and his grace and his redemption, my eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Moses, God is catching your attention. Oh, friend, here in the city side, across the city in Nottingham, watching from all over the world. In this moment, God wants your attention. That we would give him our full focus and have a moment in the presence of God. I told you last time I preached on Easter Sunday, I told you that I had a moment where, oh, it was a bit of a tr struggle that winter lockdown January through to March and I wasn't getting any preaching opportunities and I was finding it difficult and I was in at home and I was up in my loft and I was like things were piling up on my head and then I had a moment where I caught a glimpse of the glory of God the goodness of God wow can you today can you take a moment and capture a glimpse of his wondrous splendor. Holy, holy is the Lord who was and is and is to come. I look around and I see the angels falling down and worshiping the wondrous presence of God. The second thing I wanted to communicate to you, it, 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 it's difficult 
I, I, I called the sermon, leave your shoes at the door. Leave your shoes at the door. I don't know if you come from a house where everybody's got to take their shoes off and leave them at the door. Some people are like, yeah, we definitely do that. I've been in some houses where they provide you slippers at the door. They're like, wear those slippers. Do not wear your outdoor shoes. It's kind of like passive aggressive, isn't it? It's like, yeah, wear what I'm asking you to wear. Take your shoes off at, at the door. And I want to talk for a few minutes about something that is, is tricky. Because Moses came and he was caught by the presence of God. And God speaks to him and says, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. I am so conscious that I'm speaking. A man who's been given a little bit of authority to speak the word. And I'm speaking from a pulpit on this week. When there's been a man in British politics who's been speaking from a pulpit for a year and has been saying one thing and has been doing something completely different. So I'm really aware that as I come to this next moment, we have this sense of like, is the guy speaking at the front, is this authentic? Is he telling us rules that he doesn't apply to his own life? Well, let me just say before we go there, I am a flawed individual. I mess up. I screw up. I struggle with sin. Guess what? Preachers struggle with sin as well. Preachers are not immune to like struggling with the world's delights and pleasures. I'm a flawed person. And I speak to you as someone who's not got this all sorted, but I speak to you as someone who's on a journey to try and do his best with God. I remember I had coffee with someone three or four years ago, and he had coffee with me, and he said, you know, he was talking about that he kept on arguing with his wife, and he says, and I know that you are a minister, a man of God, so I know that you never argue with your wife. And I had that little moment where I thought I could just keep sipping my coffee and be like, yeah, in our house, the presence of God is in every room. And sometimes when my wife wants to argue, God puts his finger against her lips and says, no, 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 not in this house. I wish that was true. But the riches, we sometimes argue. We sometimes argue. My wife, she introduced me today. Sometimes she argues with me. I often find that I'm on the side of the Lord. But sometimes, anyone that knows me right now has gone, no, 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 no. Your wife's right. Now what's the question, yeah? And it's like, of course we mess up. Of course we screw up. You see, for a minute, I want to talk about this. Moses comes before this burning bush and God says, take off your sandals. And we have this thing, a tricky and difficult thing to talk about, the fear of the Lord. 
You see, last Sunday I was preaching in another church in down in Cambridge and I was at Father's Day and I was speaking about how far Father God loves us and his arms are open wide and God is accessible and God wants to connect with you. And any of you that have ever heard me preach know that that is my thing, that God is there for you. God wants to make him accessible to you. That is my thing. So how do we get to this thing where we talk about the fear of the Lord? You see, um, I like to pray prayers that have been written out sometimes. And the last six months, I've been reading a prayer. And this is what the prayer says. It says, um, Lord, grant that your holy law is always on my lips so that it may guide me and cause me to fear you. So that it may guide me and cause me to fear you. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. I, I've struggled with that for six months. God, what does it mean to fear you? I want to be found in your arms. I want your daddy, your father, God. What does it mean to fear you? And you know, I, I want to say that like the fear of the Lord, you know, is one of those subjects that if a preacher preaches on it, he can make everybody feel instantly terrible. Everybody, wherever they're listening, can be like, oh man, this guy, the fear of the Lord. But what I want to talk about is that God, he is that father. He does want to make a connection with you. But you know, it's so important that we have a proper reverence of God. It's so important that we recognize that God is awesome, that God is holy, that God is powerful. And over these last six months, I have really prayed and said, what does it look like to fear the Lord in 2021? Because it feels unusual to talk about fearing the Lord. And then I wrote these words down because God just said them to my soul. He said, respect the power. Respect the power. It's important. And as I was praying, God said, Mark, if you were working with electricity, if you were an electrician, I mean, I can't even say the words, so there's no chance that I'm going to become an electrician. But if you were an electrician, you would respect the energy and the power of the electri electricity. I am not an electrician. I am struggling to say these words. It's like, wow, the electric's power. The electricity is energy. You respect that power and energy. You make sure that when you're working, everything is safe because you know that that is powerful and that it could be dangerous in the wrong hands. And we've got to understand that we've got to respect the power and the majesty of God. We've got to respect the glory of God. It's so important that we have a, a clean and an honest approach to the presence of God. That we say, God, God, I want to respect you. I want to love you. I want to connect with you. But I also, I want to fear you. Not in a horrible, legalistic way. I love what Pastor Malcolm said the other week. That it's not about rules. It's about relationship. But that is so true. But we want to have that proper respect for God. 
And God says to Moses, God says to Moses, take off your sandals for this is holy ground. Take off your sandals for this is holy ground. I told you at the beginning that I'm a bit of a messed up guy, that I make mistakes, that I get stuff wrong. And it has been a few times over the last few months where I've had to take off my sandals because this is holy ground. And I know that as I'm speaking, there are people from all over and you're watching this and you know that, you know that your life's been a little bit clumsy. You know that you've maybe watched something that you wish you'd never watched. Maybe you've looked at something on the internet or your phone that you wish you'd never looked at. Maybe you've been in a conversation, you've had an attitude. Oh, our lives and our hearts can get so cluttered and they can get so dirty. And oh, let me speak for me. I get messed up. I get stuff in my head that's not good to God. And I come before a holy God and God said, Mark, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. And God speaks to you today. And He comes and He says, take off your stuff. Take off your sandals. Lay them down and come into the holiness of God. Oh God, I, I, I take off my lustful attitudes. God, I, I come and I take off my bitterness. I take off my cynicism. I'm speaking to someone today and God says, oh, would you take off your unforgiveness? You know that there's someone you need to forgive, but it's so difficult. And here we are in the presence of God and God says, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. I come before God. God says, Take it off. Hebrews chapter 12 says, let us throw off everything that hinders us. Let's take off the sin that entangles us. Oh, that you would take off that stuff that you know. You know you shouldn't be on that website. You know you shouldn't be looking at that. You know you shouldn't be talking like that. Oh God. Here I am as a sinner speaking to fellow sinners that we would take off our stuff. This is holy ground. Holy ground. My son Jordan was on pre-show and he was saying that I always do illustrations about him. Well, here we go again. You know, when we were just about to have the baby, this story does not paint me in a good light. We used to have a mini metro. Some of you know what kind of car that is. Other people are going, I have not got a clue. It was like a shed with tires. And we had this mini metro. And as we were getting closer and closer to little Jordan arriving, this new baby that was going to change our lives, my wife talked to me and she says, Mark, would you, would you get the car clean? Would you get it done? Would you get it sorted? And of course, I'm a different man now. But in those days, I was a bit clumsy and I didn't do it. 
I left it and I left it and I didn't do it. And it was only when I pulled up to the hospital on the day that I was going to take this brand new little baby, this tiny little baby in this baby seat. And Tamsin and me were taking this little baby home. They were leaving this child in our responsibility. And I suddenly felt this sink in my heart because I wish I'd got the car cleaned because what I was carrying was so precious. What I was carrying was the most precious and beautiful thing. And we come and God says, take off your sandals because you're going to carry the glory of God. (laughs) You're going to carry the beauty and the grace and the glory of God. And I knew that day as I put that seat into the back of the car and we checked it about 10 million times to make sure it was right and we drove that little baby home I wish that I had had a clean car because I was carrying something precious. And friend, Moses, you need to take off your sandals. This is holy ground because you are going to carry the glory and the presence of God. You're going to carry God's righteousness and his freedom and you're going to see a people set free. Oh, friend, you're sitting here right now. You're in the campus over in Green Meadow. You're, you're at home and you're, you're listening to this. God wants His glory to shine from you. He wants you to be someone that carries the presence of God, carries the glory of God. Oh, that we would... Say, God, would you come? Would you clean me? Would you cleanse me? Holy, holy is the Lord. Come, cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my my forgiveness. Cleanse my thoughts. Cleanse everything about me so that I may carry your glory. You see, when we talk about the presence of God, I remember as I'm finishing now, but I can remember when I was in New York, in a deli in New York, and they said those glorious words. They said, sit in or to go. Sit in or to go. Is your food to sit in or is it to go? And you see, Moses, you're in the presence of God. The glory of God is shining. Is it for us just to sit in and become indulgent? Is it for us to come and just be navel gazing and become people that are separate? Or is it for us to carry the glory and the presence of God? That we would see a generation set free. That we would see a city come and worship God. That we would carry His presence and His holiness and His loveliness and His grace. That He would say, set my people free. Let my free people be loosed in the name of Jesus. Oh, we come. The presence of God is not for us just to sit in, but it is for us to go and carry the beauty and the awe of God. Hallelujah. 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 
oh we're just gonna take a couple of moments in God's presence I don't know if you can sense him wherever you are but we can feel him right here God's glory and his presence is real now I'm just going to ask you, wherever you are, that you may join with those that are already standing in the presence of God. Why don't you give Him His full attention? Give Him your full attention. Oh, look on His glory. Look on His beauty. Oh, would you give Him all your focus? Would you give Him all your attention today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, raise up your hearts and raise up your hands. For God is here, His beauty and His glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, God. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.